0: Hi, I'm going to do a quick shameless plug here. My new stand-up comedy show, Sammy Shah, Successful Comedian, yes, the title is ironic, is coming to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April. Tickets are available now at comedyfestival.com.au or through my website, thesammyshah.com. Patreon subscribers get two free tickets, so join that for a deep discount that doesn't make any financial sense from my point of view. Okay, now, on with the show. Top Stories of the Week Putin celebrates a whole year of throwing oligarchs out of windows Also, the Governor of the Reserve Bank gets more Qantas points And the ABC manages to be more racist than Sky News All that and more on Newsweek Sami Shah and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Unhappy anniversary news now. Remember the war in Ukraine? It's possible you forgot about it, what with the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, continuing protests in Iran, endless rate hikes that we were told would never happen yet somehow continue to keep happening, impending climate apocalypse, whatever the fuck is happening in America on any given day of the week, and the sudden emergence of a new bird flu virus that's killed an 11-year-old girl in Cambodia, marking a rare case of human infection that's definitely not some kind of viral marketing campaign for the first season of The Last of Us.
1: What if, for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer? Well, now there is reason to evolve. One gene mutates, and an ascomycetia, candida, ergot, cordyceps, aspergillus, any one of them could become capable of burrowing into our brains and taking control, not of millions of us, but billions of us. Billions of puppets with poisoned minds, permanently fixed on one unifying goal. To spread the infection to every last human alive
0: by any means necessary. Goddamn clickers. So, yeah, the, the war. Remember the war? You know who definitely remembers the war? Ukrainians. Because it's still going on. In fact, it started exactly one year ago, on the 23rd of February, 2022, when Russia's top natural predator of oligarchs, Vladimir Putin, sent his forces into Ukraine using a justification that was unoriginal when Hitler used it to invade Czechoslovakia in
1: 1938. I have decided to conduct a special military operation, its goal is the protection of people who, during eight years, have suffered from abuse and genocide from the Kiev regime.
0: At the time, he claimed it was to save Russians from Nazis, an excuse so ridiculous. To believe it, you'd have to be a Russian brainwashed by decades of Putin's propaganda, or a stand up comedian in Perth on a podcast with two morons named Branchi and Delby. Uh, Vladimir Putin's been forced into this war. Yeah, his hand has been His hand forced, has been yeah. forced. The truth may be out there, but I think it's safe to say it'll never be uncovered by someone who does domestic violence puns in Perth. Putin may have thought the war would be a quick one, and an easy one, but no matter how many high-ranking officials he threw out of the window at the problem, it's unresolved.
1: The Russians expecting Kyiv, the capital, to fall within a matter of days. Well, that was a Putin miscalculation, but the pain of it has fallen chiefly on the Ukrainians. Nearly eight million Ukrainians have been forced out of their homes, towns and large parts of major cities have been flattened. No one knows exactly what the death toll is, but the American military top brass recently put an estimate at 240,000 people, nearly a quarter of a million people. They reckon it splits at about 100,000 Russian troops, 100,000 Ukrainian troops, and in the order of 40,000 Ukrainian civilians. The global economy has been rocked with disruptions on everything from cereal crops to oil and gas. And of course, we feel that here, inflation is largely a consequence Uh, of what's been going on in Ukraine. That's why your your mortgages have gone up, your interest rates, your rents and cost of living expenses have gone up so
0: high. I mean, I think that last part has more to do with the private sector somehow managing record profits, something confirmed by a recent study by the Australia Institute, which said without those profit gains, inflation since the war started would have risen much more slowly. But sure, let's blame that on Russia as well. So one year on, how is the war going? Are there any signs of de-escalation? Maybe Putin is finally rethinking his decision and wants to calm things down a little. Russia has walked away from its last remaining nuclear weapons treaty with the United States.
1: The treaty, which was agreed on back in
0: 2011, caps the number of nuclear warheads that the United States and Russia can deploy. I'm pretty sure the story was dramatic enough without the unnecessary dramatic pause. So, Russia wants to deploy more nukes. What is America going to do about it? Is the United States finally going to stop playing games with financial and military gifts and ineffectual sanctions and send in the big guns? Maybe, maybe some badass mercenaries and special forces? Or some of those cool-looking stealth bombers? Or even better, a retired warrior who just wants to raise his family on the farm but needs to pick up his weapons one more time because his country needs him. So he slips behind enemy lines and fucks. Shut up. The US President Joe Biden has made a surprise visit to the active war zone in Ukraine. Or that, I guess. The oldest American in the world visited Zelensky, who at this point has been visited by more Americans than a gun store next to a primary school. Too far? Yeah, yeah, that was too far.
1: Joe Biden's visit to Kyiv interrupted by air raid alarms, a reminder
0: of the constant danger even in the country's capital. The meeting between the two presidents was unannounced, but not unexpected. Kyiv
1: stands. And Ukraine stands. Democracy
0: stands. The Americans stand with you. And the world stands with you. One thing that might not stand for much longer is America's bank balance, as the Biden administration committed another half a billion dollars to the Ukrainian defense, taking total American spending in Ukraine to $80 billion, most of which is being spent on providing dinner for visiting American politicians and celebrities. Putin also decided to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the decision he definitely doesn't regret making by forcing thousands of Russians to cheer for him in the cold.
1: From colleges, factories and state enterprises, they'd be bussed in specially for a Kremlin show, designed to show that Russians back President Putin and his war in Ukraine. Irina seems to. (laughs) We weren't the ones to start this, Irina
0: says. I trust our president. Irina's family was moved back from the window ledge right after she gave that interview. Still, it's important to remember that Putin's popularity with most Russians is real, as reiterated by Konstantin Remchukov, a leading Russian journalist. Because they think as he thinks, they want what he wants, they view Ukraine as he views,
1: and he reflects their behavior. His popularity is not based on the air platform. His popularity deep-rooted in the Russian uh, public opinion and perceptions, and this is his strength.
0: So now, a year later, how is the most popular Russian dictator without the descriptor the terrible attached to his name justifying the continued war? Russia's state-run
1: media are close to insane. A year ago, they said Ukraine was run by Nazis, the line now is that it's a war against LGBT transgender Nazis trying to make Russia gender neutral. LGBT, transgender nazisky, c- President Putin insists the West wants to ban traditional families. Vladimirovich Putin. It's like a perverted religion, he says, outright Satanism.
0: He's basically a Sky News presenter with a fitness plan. He's Douglas Murray without the Oxbridge veneer. Putin is what happens when your dad gets too many wines in him at Christmas dinner and then starts vomiting out a mashup of everything Andrew Bolton Rita up have told him while he neglects your mum to watch Sky After Dark. Well, if he does end up losing the war and getting deposed by a tired Russian public who is sick of their kids dying in foreign lands at the hands of trans-Nazis or whatever, he can always get a gig doing stand-up in Perth. All that and a bag of chips news now. The Reserve Bank of Australia last week announced the need for further interest rate rises. The ninth consecutive increase, which is why a bag of kettle chips now costs $6 at Woolies. Look, everyone's got their own inflationary index, and that's mine, okay?
1: Reserve Bank boss Philip Lowe was on the defensive again today, saying more rate rises are needed to bring down inflation.
0: Which isn't to say Mr Lowe isn't worried about the toll this is taking on Australians.
1: We cannot allow inflation to stay high. We'll all pay. A serious long-term cost.
0: The RBA boss, whose salary is just over a million dollars annually, has complimentary access to the Qantas chairman's lounge and received a 289 bottle of champagne as a gift last year, did surprise people with the show of compassion given that it required having access to a long-term memory, something he's shown no evidence of recently. Like five months ago when he was asked why the rate rises were taking place when he'd promised they wouldn't. Last year you promised interest rates wouldn't rise till 2024. Now you've lifted the cash rate 2.25% in five months. Can you give Australians some certainty around where the cash rate is likely to peak in Australia? Should Australians be prepared for 3.5%?
1: I don't like doing this, but can I correct you? Because I did not promise that interest rates wouldn't go up to... In your statement... But I I know many people interpret my previous statements um, as saying that.
0: So I took a look at his previous statement made in 2021 and reported on at the time in the news. The governor
1: of the Reserve Bank has rejected suggestions interest rates could rise next year. Let's go live to our business reporter, Ed Boyd. Governor Lowe is confident the rate will be on hold until 2024. Yes, the Governor Philip Lowe was talking today at a virtual speech to the Annika Foundation and he really hosed down suggestions the cash rate is going to go up in
0: 2022. Instead, he said the cash rate is going to be on hold at the record low until at least 2024. That's record low of 0.1%. Maybe that's why he keeps putting up the interest rates every few weeks. He has no long or short term memory left and keeps thinking he's doing it for the first time. Still, while the interest rates continue to rise and the price of chips continues to run away from me, the blame for the rate increases has been put squarely on high wages. We're all earning too much money, which is pushing inflation upwards, according to Philip Lowe. Except.
1: Dr. Jim Stanford of the Australia Institute has crunched the numbers and says more than two thirds of our nation's inflation problem is made up of increased corporate profits, wages barely moving the dial. From pre-Covid to now, the inflation that's above the Reserve Bank's target range is profit-taking, meaning big companies aren't just passing on increased costs like fuel and fertiliser, they're putting more on top. Plus, the RBA is hiking interest rates to stem inflation. So you're copying it twice.
0: In related news, Qantas Airlines, which fired thousands of employees over the last two years, just posted a massive fucking profit. Embattled national carrier Qantas has announced a record $1 billion half-year profit 12 months after posting a $1.3 billion underlying loss. That's the kind of profit you make when you don't waste money on qualified baggage handlers. Suitcases hurled from head height, some crashing onto conveyor belts, others missing the belt entirely and slamming onto the ground. Alan Joyce, the CEO of Qantas, who looks like if the dad from Honey I Shrunk the Kids also shrank his conscience, has already announced where the money is going to be spent. Alan Joyce announcing a new first-class lounge in London, the reopening of Hong Kong's International Lounge, and expanded business lounges in Sydney and Melbourne, a $100 million investment it says will make the airline more appealing. More appealing to Philip Lowe, at any rate. (laughs) Why are people so shitty news now? Malaysian-born Australian singer Kamal is a legend, crooning generations of Aussies with his deep voice and tolerating some of the most racist bullshit imaginable on that bastion of blackface, hey hey, it's Saturday. Hello?
1: Uh, G'day, Daryl, it's Lighting here. Is Kamal coming up uh, next, is he? Yes, he is. Well, could you ask him to smile so we can see him? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Between that and Jonah from fucking Tonga, Australia should have had their broadcast licence revoked for at least 100 years. Still, Kamal has often spoken about how the racism he experienced at the hands of the massive pieces of unfunny shit like the cast of Hey Hey was worth it because people can learn how terrible racism is from it all and never repeat the same things again. But the, the other side of it is, if it hadn't, hadn't happened... I wouldn't be here talking. <laughs> there is the, the yin and yang on everything. And Kamal is right. His experiences did teach many people how not to behave. That is, unless you're an employee of the ABC, in which case, just continue being a massive racist. Here's ABC's Paul Barry, host of Media Watch, downplaying what is a massively bullshit thing by just calling it stupid. And the ABC is in strife again over a stupid tweet by one of its stars put out by Philip Adams two
1: months ago in which he vilified cricket great Sir Donald Bradman as a racist and tweeted that iconic singer Kamal was just Bradman's honorary white man for being his friend. Oh dear. Not surprisingly, Kamal was offended. The term honorary white was during the regime in in, in Africa. Uh, when Nelson Mandela uh, was humiliated the way he was. But when Kamal took it up with Adams on Twitter, he got blocked. So, weeks after that, who had to clean up the mess? The ABC's managing director, who told Parliament last week... Mr Adams has uh, uh, written uh, to Kamal apologising for that. Great, that's settled then. Except it wasn't. It turns out that Kamal never got that apology from Adams. Whoops, sorry, 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 went Adams, Anderson and the ABC. But that still didn't satisfy the Australian or the man himself. Do you accept the apology, Kamal?
0: of course not. I mean, uh, the only apology is a public one.
1: Oh, talk about a hot sorry mess. But Kamal had a simple solution, calling on Adams to... Be man enough to stand up and say, look, I'm really sorry, or have him have me on this programme. Now there's an idea. Kamal could teach Philip the art of saying sorry on air. Or maybe
0: Adams could even sing it. Hmm, probably not. So if you didn't understand all of that, because apparently Media Watch is scripted by a seven-year-old on Adderall, Philip Adams called Kamal a, quote, "...honorary white," unquote, then blocked him on Twitter. Then the ABC managing director claimed Philip Adams had apologised to Kamal, which it turns out was a lie, and somehow ABC's Media Watch framed it as if Kamal and News Corp were being unfair to the poor ABC and Philip by demanding a proper apology then the whole thing is brushed off as trivial. Meanwhile, Philip Adams, who is an honorary racist, is still active on Twitter and responded to criticisms by tweeting, and I'm quoting here, I campaigned for homosexual law reform in the 60s, worked in the treaty campaign before most of you were born, fought for refugees, have spent my life fighting bigotry in all its forms, hence I was awarded the highest relevant honour, the Human Rights Medal, apologies accepted. Hey, hey, it's an asshole. That's it from this week's edition of News Weekly. As always, please join my Patreon. This patreon.com slash samishah. That's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. Or head over to iTunes and leave News Weekly a good review and a five-star rating. It really helps bump it up in the rankings and there's more people find the podcast or just tell your friends about it. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.